0: Alright, alright. Good morning, Hi Desert Word Center. How is everybody this morning? Praise the Lord. We have a busy morning around here. A lot's going on. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms in the house today. Let's give it up for all of the moms. Amen. All the moms watching online, we're so glad. Uh, for the blessing that God has given us. And it truly is a blessing to have women and moms that serve the Lord and are raising those kids up in the ways of God. That is the biggest blessing in the world. So we're going to celebrate them all day long today. We're going to have an awesome, awesome time. We've got gifts, we've got prizes, we've got all sorts of great stuff coming on, uh, but it's going to be really, really good to start things off though. Let's go ahead and stand up together this morning. And we are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America, just like we always do. And we are seeing our prayers and our words of faith come to pass. There's good news going on in the nation in some regards. So praise the Lord for that. We're going to keep it up. Amen. Let's go ahead and speak these words together. Father, we come to you in Jesus name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, Justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord a shout of praise this morning. Amen. All right. Well, as you can see, uh, we got a lot of stuff going on. The kids are going to be giving some stuff to the moms here in a little bit. The older kids, first through fifth grade, are going to be staying in with us today. We've got an activity bag so they can do something for mom today. It's going to be really, really fun. So anyway, what we're going to do now is what we always do and have a little meet and greet time. You need to go give somebody some love. So let's go do some handshakes, some hugs and anything else that we need to do. Amen. Let's go.
1: You got me living up, i never giving up. It's your love that brings the dead to life. Now I got your love, and I'm waking up. Now I'm living resurrection life. And now you got me living up, and never giving up. It's your love that brings the dead to life. Now I got your love, and I'm waking up. Now I'm living resurrection life and we sing love. Dead to life, now I got through and I'm waking up now. I'm, I'm living resurrection. resurrection.
0: All right, everybody. Well, hopefully everybody got a little love this morning. Uh, you can go ahead and be seated. And again, like I said, we are just celebrating moms all day today and we're going to have a super good time with it. Uh, well, I have a favorite Mother's Day video that I just I got to play just about every. If I don't play it for you guys, I at least go on YouTube and watch it for myself because uh, uh, I grew up with a lot of brothers and I am surrounded by all boys everywhere. So anyway, uh, if you're a mom of boys, you probably appreciate this video just a little bit more. But let's go ahead and watch my favorite Mother's Day video. It's my gift to you. It's an older video, but it's good. Brad, we're taking the picture now. What picture? Now, the one for mom. Hello? Now. I'm right here, Tucker. Hey. Stop screaming. Right. So you I know? set it up. put on a tie. It's this is off. fine. It's for Mother's Day. Whatever.
1: Put on a tie. I'm fine. I'm
2: back. Okay. All right.
0: Okay, are you in close enough cuz you have to be Okay, come come in, come in closer. You're you're not in the frame. You're not in the frame. <laughs> I swear to god, you're like halfway out of the picture right now. F right. Tucker why do you want me so close to you anyways? I, I want you I want you in the picture so mom can see you. Oh frickin' well. Right, I'm setting up for three seconds. Now Okay, we're taking it again. Try it try to smile this time, okay? I smiled last time. No, you well I, I just looked at it. You look like a frickin' gopher or something. A gopher?
2: Okay, you ready? Here it comes. What?
0: I I said it for ten seconds. I wanted to make sure you were smiling. So. Come out of the bathroom! Put down the yardstick! I'm taking the picture myself. Please come out of the bathroom. One smile. If I smile for you this time, you don't bug me the rest of the day. Oh, as if I'd want to. Good. G- yeah, I'm good. Good. Hey, hold up. What?
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> hey, I'm you, Mom.
0: Okay. All right. There you go. Happy Mother's Day, moms. That's my gift to all of you. So, anyway, praise God. Um, I'm going to let Pastor Katie go ahead and get us into the announcements here, and then we'll get into some more of our celebration today. All right?
5: Well, moms. Your kids have clothes on, and you made it to church. Yes. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day. Well, of course, we have a gift for all of you moms, and we're going to get to that real quickly, and then we're going to send some of your kids, as many as we can today, out of this room and get into worship. But we wanted to tell you that there's no PM service tonight so that you can go home and take a nap. Friends, husbands, children, they get a nap, okay? Got it? All right. Also, next Sunday is our graduation service, our seniors. We have a bunch of high school seniors this year, so we have a gift for you, and we would love to honor you and your family next Sunday, so make sure to be here at the 10 a.m. service next week, and then the following week, we will have Ray and Janine Bench with us. They are a huge blessing to our church family overall and have sowed into our ministry in A ton of ways. So make sure that you're here for Ray and Janine Bench on May 21st. Moms, we are going to have a brunch at my house on Saturday the 20th at 10 a.m. So make sure that you come to my house. Make sure that you let me know you want to come to my house. And we'll send you text messages. And we'll get together with Janine. Janine has run uh, a daycare center and children's ministries, and raised her own kids, and still likes kids, okay? So, they have a good marriage, and good kids who serve the Lord, and they've been successful at it, and she still loves it. So, this is the kind of person that we want speaking into our lives, and speaking into us as moms and parents. So, make sure that you make time for that on that Saturday, I'm sorry, the 21st, Saturday the 21st. If you are with us for the first time, Or the first time in a long time. Raise your hand. Yes, there's several of you. It's so good to have you with us. Miss Casey is going to bring you some information on the church. And after service, if you take that information um, to the info, to the platform, we changed it up, to the platform, we will have a gift for you. So right here behind me, bring your little card back and we will make sure that you get blessed extra today. I did miss one announcement. Families, picnic at the park on May twenty-third at six thirty, H Street at H Street. So you're going to bring your own food and your own chairs and come and hang out. Okay, May twenty-third. Praise the Lord. Okay, Miss Desiree and Miss Pastor, if you could both come up. This is my mom, not my mom. And this is your mom, too, right? Yes. If she has been a mother to you in your life, could you please stand? If she has been a spiritual mother to you. Yes. (laughs) Okay.
6: So all of you that call this beautiful, wonderful lady mom, miss. Um, it's kind of like the story of Ruth and Naomi, you know, we adopt her and we tell her, you know, where you go, we'll go, you know, your God will be our God. And, um, pastor did a wonderful sermon the other night about pastors and how we should honor them and respect them, but we should also live a life like how they live. Um, and I've known Miss P for many years now. And I will tell you how she is here is how she is outside of here. And she loves each and every one of us. She prays for us, and she is not afraid to tell us like it is. She's not afraid to tell us, knock it off, quit being childish. She's not afraid to tell us, you know, the Bible says to do this, and this is what you're not doing. And that's what all of us moms need in our life. We need a godly mom who will guide us, who will teach us, who will instruct us. So I just encourage all of you guys to follow her. She follows Christ. And use her as an example because look at her boys. Look at the family that she has here. They're all serving with her because she followed Christ. And she raised her children up in a godly environment. And I don't know about you guys, but that's what I want for my family. You know, so we love you, Miss P. Happy Mother's Day.
7: Thank you, well, uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay, I love you all. And guess what? Now it's time for all you moms to come up here and line up. So come on, moms, line up. Don't be shy, don't be shy. Everybody, li- all you mothers, line up. Mothers, grandmothers. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Yes, look at all these lovely ladies. Awesome. I get I get We're kind of making a U around the whole place. Oh, lovely, lovely. Wow. Man, this is awesome. Woo! This is the most mothers we've ever had so far. So far. All right. Well, I guess I'll start down this end. Who's, my, who's following me? Katie? She's a mother too. Come on, Julianne. All right. Okay, here we go. You ready for this? This is fun times. <laughs> All right. Hello, my dear lady. I will. This is Alyssa. And how many children do you have? I have two boys. Two boys. All right. Have and this is Fiona, and you have? Five. five children. Okay. And I just met you today. Your name is Trinity... Nine kids at the moment. Glory to God. This is Julie, and she has?
3: Three girls.
6: This is Jamie, and she has? Four. Yeah. All right. Two bio, and two of my nephews that I consider my sons. So, yeah.
7: All right, way to go. This is Alexis, and you have? Two
6: kids, a girl and a boy.
7: And this is Stacy, and you. I have two, but they just told me I'm their adopted mom, so I guess I have four, too. <laughs> there are flies around here. This is Lori, and you have? I have one daughter, three three grandkids. All right, and you are? Naomi, and I have a son and a daughter.
5: And
6: you
7: are uh, April, and you have?
5: I have a daughter and a son. And you are? Jessica, and I have three boys. Three boys. <laughs> <laughs>
7: I got five boys and one girl. <laughs> Pretty funny, huh? She thought it was funny too.
6: <laughs> What's your name, Stephanie? A boy and a girl. And this is Linda. And you have three kids. <laughs> three kids. Three. And one. We're finalizing adoption May twentieth. <laughs>
7: Melinda, would you like to introduce your mother?
6: This is my mama, Joy. How many kids do you have? Four. Four. She has four kids. I have two, and my husband has two also, so I have four.
7: This is Nikki, and you have?
6: Three.
7: This is Renee, and you have two. This is Cheyenne, and you have? A daughter. And this is Elizabeth, and you have?
6: Uh, one girl. <laughs> She's right here.
2: This is Maxine, and you
7: yeah. I have a son and three daughters, and one daughter in heaven, and a lot of
1: grandkids.
7: Okay. I- Amen. This is Betty, I and you. Have-
1: I have two boys and one daughter borrowed. Maxine, yeah.
5: <laughs> and one, one granddaughter, and then four grandkids borrowed. Maxine.
7: <laughs> yeah, we just share. This is Reba. Reba, how many do you have? Two two girls. Oh, this is Beth. Three boys. Yay. This is Ailea. I have four children and one in heaven,
4: I always like to say. Waiting on me. Yes, three boys and a girl.
7: Yep. Okay. This is Nadine. Nadine, you we have
5: three between us, two boys and a girl.
7: This is, when you go through a line like this, your mind has a fog, you know, sometimes. This is Rosalinda. And you have one girl one boy and this is casey and you have
6: three two boys and one girl
7: oh and this is susan and you have
6: four kids one daughter with me and i have three grandkids
7: (laughs) this is veronica and you have two daughters daughters. this is adriana and you have uh my oldest is my daughter and five boys six. six all right this is joanna I have three boys. Woo-hoo. This is Pam. I have eight children, nine grandchildren, and soon to be 23 great-grandchildren. Woo! 23 great-grandchildren. I have zero great-grandchildren. This is Dahlia, and she recently married Patrick back there, and she's from the Philippines. How many children do you have? One son. One son. All right. And this is Janelle, and you have uh, two
6: girls and three boys. Cool. <laughs> this is Melissa. I have two kids, one boy, one girl.
7: Sabrina.
5: <laughs> I have four, two boys, two girls. This is Kayla. And I have two boys and
7: one girl. And this is Alexis.
5: I have two kids
1: and two foster kids. So.
7: This is Heather.
1: I have
3: two boys and one girl.
7: And this is Irma. I
3: have two girls and three
7: grandchildren. And this is Heidi.
3: One girl and two boys.
7: This is Donna. Two boys and one girl. Right. And yes, ma'am, what's your name?
3: My name is Morgan, and I have one boy.
7: Morgan, I didn't recognize you underneath your mask. That's okay. Is Joseph here today? Hi, Joseph. Well, I'm glad you're here, Morgan. (laughs) I'm glad you're here. (laughs) This is my... Daughter-in-law, Julie Ann. Um, what? Uh, four? Sorry, four boys and another boy on the way. So she got five, five boys.
3: Woohoo! This is Leah. Um, I have four or two girls and
7: two boys. Two, girls and two boys. And last but not least, this is my uh, <laughs> this is my daughter-in-law. How many children do you have?
5: I have four. Three boys and a girl. <laughs>
7: oh, brother! Did I, I? didn't do you, did I? No. Oh, oh, here we go. Here's Desiree.
6: I'm Desiree. I have two boys and a girl and a husband. I'm raising too <laughs>
7: Okay. I'm Mrs. Pastor, and I have six children, two stepdaughters. Um, recently got two additional grandchildren that are kind of by marriage. I have 20 grandchildren, uh, 20, 21's on the way in Indiana, a little girl, and there's 22 in her belly there. So, pretty good? Yeah. Amen, amen, amen. All right. Okay, so, sheepers, creepers, you yeah. Oh, children's ministry. Okay.
3: says you like my dress. Um, so for those children that remember making a gift in Children's Church over the past couple of weeks, if you can go ahead and come on up here. Um, we have your little gifts that you guys made. Um, so if you made a gift, if you, made, if you remember uh, doing your handprint, so let me show you really quickly what they made, though. We traced their hands on the little shrink-a-dink paper, and um, so this is their... It was the actual size of their hand, but they got to color it, and, and it shrunk down. So now you'll have a keychain with your child's hand on it and their little own creation. So um, if you'll just give us a moment, we're going to get your kids, the ones that made them, and give them to your child, and they'll go ahead and deliver them. And then don't worry, um, moms that didn't have kids in Children's Church, we have some extras for you guys, okay? No, no, wait. Sorry, moms, we're trying to get the moms that had the. Um, I need you guys back up here, moms. Sorry. <laughs> we had to get the moms that had their uh, keychains first. <laughs> we have ones for the moms that um, did not have children in there. Hold on just a second.
5: Okay, so, moms, if you don't have a kid in jam, you still get a shrink it ink. You still get a gift. You get somebody's hand because they love you or someone's creation, a drawing.
0: All right, everybody. Isn't this awesome to see all the love, all the wonderful moms we have here? Man, that was a, I don't even, I didn't count how many, but that was a lot of moms from wall to wall and wrapping around. Um, I'm going to have Mrs. Pastor come up. Before we dismiss the kids, we do have one last fun little thing that we do every Mother's Day. We've got three prizes to give away, three prizes, and I'll let Mrs. Pastor uh, kind of explain uh, what those prizes are, and it's just been our tradition for a lot of years to do this. So anyway, go ahead.
7: All right, so. We are going to start with the newest mother. So who has the youngest baby? So Julie, stand up, and then Morgan's in here somewhere. You've got a new baby, right? Okay. How old is your baby, Julie? Three months. How old is your baby? Seven months. Is there anybody here with that, with that has a baby younger than you boys? I'm going to beat knots on your head. Oh yes. How old's your baby, Alyssa? 6 months. Okay. All right, Julie, you won with your baby's 3 months, right? Well, come on up. We have a gift for you. She's the newest mom. Thank you. Oh, wow. You get to pick from the lovelies over here. Woohoo. Nice. for the oldest mother here, do we have any mothers that are 65 and older? 65 and older. 65 and older. 65 and older. Somebody's pointing over yonder. Oh, yeah, okay. Do we have any mothers who are... Uh, I tell you what. Do we have any mothers who are... 68 68 68 okay do we have any mothers that are 69 do we have any mothers that are 70 <laughs> raise your hand veronica i know how old you are do we have any do we have any mothers that are 71 72 73, glory to God, 73, 74, 74, 75, 76, she's 76, you're 75, she's 76, okay, Veronica, come on up and pick your flag. (laughs) And she looks like she's 45.
5: <laughs> so I've got to tell a story about Miss Veronica here. She invited my boys over to her house one day to swim. And I walked out there, and they said she was doing cannonballs. I said, no, she was not. And she looked at me, and she ran right into the pool wearing her flip flops and everything and did a cannonball. <laughs>
7: All right. Okay, now. Oh, oh, come back here, Veronica. We, I got so excited about the cannonballs, I forgot we have to, We get to take a picture. Okay, now our last prize is for the mother who has the most children with her in the service. In the service. Now, what? They have to be in the building. Yeah, in the building. They have to be in this church somewhere. How many of you have three children? If you have three children, stand up. Three children. All right. How many have four children? How many have five children? <laughs> How many have six children? In the, in the, you know, in the, at the church. How many? Seven. Okay, you're still standing, Trinity, right? She has seven with her today. All right. Well, come on up here. Come on up and pick a lovely flower. Is this your youngest? (laughs) Which one do you like? All right. She's beautiful. <laughs> <Let's take her. laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. All right. And we are going to give this extra flower to Joy, who is 75, Melinda's mother. And we're so glad that she's with us here today. Thank you ladies. Hallelujah.
0: All right, we're going to dismiss the kids that are going to children's church now. I'll let Pastor Katie describe that so I don't screw it up.
5: <laughs> well, Miss Adriana here and Mr. Joel Mr. Joel are <laughs> are going to take care of our pre-K and kinder. So if you are in Jam Junior Now, if you are first grade and up, you're staying in service, friends. If you're first grade and up, you're staying in service. But kindergarten and preschool can line up with Miss Adriana. So you can make your way that way. Okay. Awesome. It looks like they're headed that direction. Thank you, moms. We love you
0: all right very good and for the first through fifth grade we uh designed a super cool activity bag uh the kids are going to be making a gift for mom right here in service while we're going on and so uh we want to make sure they get a chance to do that all right well very good as the kids are lining up let's go ahead and move forward here because we've just got a, a jam-packed day today let's have pastor come on up who knows what time it is now Yes, sir. It is happy time. And we get happy because God just loves a cheerful giver. And we're going to have a good time with our tithes and our offerings today. Amen.
2: Amen. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, hold up your hands for your tithes or for your offerings. And, uh, you know. Uh, just I've always got to remind you that uh, when we get finished with this, we're going to come up to the altar and, and bring our tithes and offerings up here and worship the Lord with them. And if you give online already, then come on up anyway because you've already given and you need to honor the Lord. Amen? But I, w- I want to look at a couple different verses, talk about women and mothers this morning for the offering. And it might be strange for offering scriptures, but Bible principles work across the board if you want to be blessed. How many want to be blessed? Amen. Look at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6, you know, so many, so many people in life don't connect the dots, cause and effect. They don't understand sometimes why things don't work right, although they love Jesus and there are people that tithe and give and things like that, but it's an overall life. It's our, all, it's our spiritual health. You know, we prosper and be, and be in health even as our soul prospers, but we got to understand that our soul prospers to the degree that we understand the Word of God, we practice it in our everyday life. And so Ephesians chapter 6 says this, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Honor your father and mother. And so I know that uh, although I wasn't raised in a Christian home, when I got born again, I knew to honor my dad and my mom because I wanted to be well. I wanted to live long. And so, you know, I'm thinking about, we're talking about mothers today, but you got to understand the spiritual law, how you honor people in life, determines how well you'll be and how long you'll live. And, you know, all the other things work together, Ty. There's a lot of promises, but you've got to cooperate with the Word of God in your life. And, you know, even if your mom and dad didn't do you right, or even if they're dead, you need to stop if you hold on against them and say, Lord, I forgive them for what they did do or what they didn't do. I want to honor them even now. I want to honor them for who they are in your eyes. Amen? That's what the Bible says. And so this is just really good things with your, with your giving and everything else. If you're, you know, if, if, I was, if I was a person that was a, a tither, I loved Jesus and things weren't going right, one of the first things I would check is how do I honor people? How do I treat people? And do you notice it says that it will be well with you? I like to be well. How about you? And I want to live long. I just barely got started. I'm not even quite 71 years old yet. i got a whole lot of years left. I want to be well years and live long. And then another verse I want to look at is 1 Peter 3, verse 7. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7. And, uh, you know, this this verse here is a whole lot for Husbands, and when I read it, you can say, Amen, or oh me. First Peter chapter three, verse seven says, Likewise, you husbands, dwell with them, live with them, your wives according to knowledge, uh, giving lip service to your wife. Putting down on your wife, judging your wife because she can never do good enough. What's it say to do? Giving honor unto uh, your wife. As unto the weaker vessel, giving honor to your wife, as unto the weaker vessel. That's not talking about spiritual weaker. It's talk, it's talking about physically weaker. You know, there's a, there's a whole lot of wives that are more spiritually mature than the husbands. They're not weak spiritually, but a wife is a woman. She's not a man. And forget all the modern day stuff that tried to change what God made. God said the woman's made different, and so it says we're supposed to honor her as the weaker vessel. And look at this right here. Same thing as Ephesians chapter 6 says, and be heirs together, heirs together of the grace of life. There's a grace to live by. And this grace here means favor. You get favor in life, and and that favor can be watered down and diluted if you don't honor your wife, if you don't treat her right. And then it says that your prayers be not hindered. That your prayers be not hindered. And I always like to say it like this. If the Bible says something, you need to take it for what it means. It says your prayers will be hindered if you don't treat your wife right. That's what I say. and say amen or oh me. If you don't treat your wife right, according to God's word, your prayers can be hindered. And so uh, I know my wife, when we woke up this morning, when I said happy Mother's Day, Uh, We do have a few old-timers in here, don't we? I remember the show back in the 50s called Queen for a Day. Dennis, you have to remember that. (laughs) Anybody else remember Queen for a Day? Dad does. Well, there was a show back in the 1950s called Queen for a Day, and it's on once a week, and they'd have have a a woman come on there, and they'd honor her and bless her give her flowers and give her some kind of a gift and things like that, and then they'd say, Mrs. Pastor, you're Queen for a Day. that's how the show would end. And so, when I woke up this morning, I looked over here and I said, Mrs. Pastor, you're queen for a lifetime. Amen. And so we as husbands, you know, we're talking to husbands now. Husbands, whether you like it or not, God made things the way they are. And when you married her, however long time, how long time ago that was, you made a vow to God. And so, uh, one more thing. There's two families in the spiritual realm. There's Satan's family and God's family. Anything God's for, Satan's against. And so he's the one that comes to divide. He's the one that comes to, to steal, kill, destroy, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So you men, if you want the full blessing of God in your prayer life, on your family, you need to recognize that every day is Mother's Day, every day is wife's day, every day is woman's day. It doesn't make any difference what society puts out. Quit watching the false news. And start looking at the good news and recognizing God made women to be by our side, not under our feet. Amen. God made women to stand with us. And in Genesis chapter 1, it says when God made the woman, he said man needs a helper. And so we need to honor the help that God sent us not be looking for something else, anything else to counterfeit. Amen, amen, amen. That's good preaching, if I don't say so myself. That helps everybody to win in life. Well, let's stand up. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand for how good he is. Amen. I said give the Lord a hand for how good he is. Amen. He, 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 he gave his help and he told us in the Bible how to treat the help so we can win in life and be a success. Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession, bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar and worship God. So let's say this together. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe where we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income. Rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord. meet all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give justice in the kingdom of God, for both the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.
4: Okay, join us up here at the altar. Let's worship the Lord together on today. It says acknowledge him in all your ways, and he will make your path straight. Amen. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. I give you my attention, all my focus, pushing up the limits. In this moment, I feel your spirit moving all around me Come and have your way Yes, Lord, I'm looking at these dry bones You're reviving the faith inside of my soul You're igniting, you're calling me to level that are higher. I can see your face When I set my eyes behind me, there's no other, no other name like your name, there's nothing that can take your place.
1: When I, I set my eyes on you,
4: everything else
1: fades. when I look your way. Everything. Your glory, joy is awakening. Rising like the sun every morning, hope is alive in me. When I set my eyes on you. When I said, when I said, my eyes on you.
4: When I said, Yeah. Sacrifice yourself. So
0: Hallelujah, hallelujah. I know that's a simple uh, thing to say, a simple thing to think about, but I need you to get a hold of that today, that he first loved us. Nothing can tear us away from his love. And I know that today's a day we're celebrating moms, and as hard as it is to believe, we got a church full of wonderful moms and women here. But I also know that days like this can sometimes maybe bring up a little bit of pain. And I sense that on some, you know, today that maybe uh chance you didn't have uh this godly wonderful mom i don't know and uh uh, maybe that was your story or maybe you're a little bit sad today because there's some separation either uh through the miles uh, from your children or vice versa or, or maybe, uh, maybe they're in heaven now. I don't know what the situation is, but I do want you to know this much that as we're celebrating and laughing today, you know, it's kind of a, in some ways, a lighthearted day, but at the same time, nothing can separate you from the love of God. Romans chapter eight tells us that no power in hell, no power in this world, no demon, no angel, no nothing can separate us from the love of God, which is found in Christ, Jesus. Jesus our Lord amen and so I'm encouraging you today that that you know whatever your mood is whatever's going on today maybe there's a little heaviness a little sorrow whatever it is I want you to know right now that we are told that we can cast all our cares upon him for he cares for us and Jesus is the real deal amen he can fill the void and I know you're like well how can he, he can do it and so what I want you to do today is just raise your hands for one more minute how Hallelujah! and we declare right now in the name of Jesus that we got the joy of the Lord it is our strength we've got the peace of God which surpasses all understanding it guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus and we declare that today is a day of victory, today is a day of celebration, if for nothing else Jesus loved us and he came and he died and he made a way and so we love you Jesus and more than even the mom We celebrate Jesus today, just like we do every day, because you're the King of all kings and the Lord of all lords. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus some praise together today? Amen. The Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Hallelujah. Well, you can make your way to your seats. Praise God. And uh, man, 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 what an awesome day this is going to be. And, uh, really, you know, all the great things that we're saying, we, we mean every word that we are blessed, uh, in this church and, and, you know, so many other churches too, but we've just got the best moms in the world. And, and I see that I see, you know, you moms putting in your, your hard work, you putting in your focus on your kids and your grandkids and the dads do a great job too, but you know, our day's coming in a few weeks. So we'll just, we'll pause that for a minute. Okay. But Hey, we expect some celebration, don't we, men? Okay, apparently I'm flying solo on that. So praise God. That's good, that's good. No, no worries, no worries. We're good. But anyway, um, before we get in, I, I heard this story about um, this kid came up and asked his dad, Dad, what's a man? And the dad said, a man is someone who's responsible. A man, my son, is, is someone who cares for their family. And the son said, man, I hope one day I can be a man just like Mom is." So oh, come on. Responsible cares for the family anyway. All right, praise God. Well, uh, today's going to be a little bit interesting. Um, I'm, you know, I'm just I don't know how transparent to be with this, but um, I had written a sermon this week for Mother's Day, and then I I uh, was voluntold that I would be at the mother daughter banquet yesterday, so I was here, and uh, I my mom preached this wonderful message to all the ladies, and I was like, that's great, mom, but that's basically what I had written down. I can't go in there and repeat that. So uh, anyway. Late last night and yesterday was a long day I told it up It was a 17 hour work day by the I went to bed finally about twelve thirty and and the Lord had given me this whole new message that I'm like Lord are you you sure that's the one you want to go with because that sounds a little bit crazy but but the Lord's like yeah that's the one to go with so the title today is Mary's boys we're going to be talking about Mary's Boys, and so here we got a picture of some of uh, Mary's kids here, but but check it out. If you didn't get an outline for the message, raise your hand. The ushers will give you an outline to follow along with. And um, I'm going to be talking about Mary today. Now, I realize that sometimes we don't, you know, talk a whole lot about uh, Mary in our type of churches, but I want to tell you this much. She was one incredible woman. I mean, this was a a tough as nails woman and i know sometimes you may be thinking like how hard could it have been she had the perfect kid can you imagine i mean mom's having just i mean jesus he never back talked he never did anything wrong he never hit his brothers he never pulled his sister's hair he never lied about doing his chores jesus was a perfect child and so we're like yeah, I mean, you know, everyone gives respect to Mary, but I mean, come on, she had an easy kid. Well, hold on now. you got to realize the burden and the the, the the weight of the situation that was handed to Mary. Think about this. Here she is. Most scholars believe she was a teenage girl. We know that much. Maybe as young as 13. Probably between 13 and 16 years old. And, and, and so the, the angel appears and says, you are going to have a child and, and, and he is going to be the savior of the world. No pressure, but you're going to be carrying the most important person the world's ever going to know. Do not screw it up. Now, the angel didn't say all that, but I added that. But at the same time, can you think about that, that here you are, and it's enough pressure raising kids. Has anybody else caught on to that? Like, uh, it, it seems so easy, and you seem to just know exactly how to do it. And then the kids showed up, and you're like, I mean, I'm 13 years into it, and I feel like I know less now than I did 14 years ago. It's like, wow, this is a hard job. But here we are, and it's, it's enough pressure anyway, but she's responsible for raising the Savior of the world, the most important person this world has ever seen. And here she is, and, and we think that it, was, it couldn't have been easy knowing who this child was. And, 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 of course, uh, she's got other kids uh, that, that we know about, and she's got Joseph, and, and, and she's, got, she's got her hands full this whole time. And Joseph was a good man, but you've got to think about this. She shows up and says, Joseph, I know we're engaged to be married. I just want you to know I'm pregnant. And, uh, and Joseph, you are not the father. And think about, think about the pressure of this, that Joseph B, it says he was a just man, he was a good man, but at the same time, he was going to dump her. He was going to break off the engagement, but because he was so good, he was going to do it quietly so he didn't embarrass her. And then we know that an angel appears to Joseph in a dream and explains the whole thing. So he's like, okay, I'm good. We're going to stick with this. And there just had to be a lot in this situation that was not an easy thing to deal with, but praise God, Mary got the job done. Now, here's the deal. Mary also ended up having other children, Jesus being the big brother, obviously. You know, you could, if you're an adult, you can figure that part out. But Jesus was the big brother, and uh, I don't know how many siblings in total that he had. Uh, we know John chapter 7 refers to his brothers making fun of him and, and, and teasing him and picking on him and giving him a hard time. But at least two of the brothers... Were super cool, and Mary not only raised Jesus to be the best guy ever, but also she raised two other sons named James and Jude, who, I mean, did more for this world than any of us could even dream of, all right? So she's got three boys here that were absolutely winners and incredible and changed the whole world. And so as I was praying about, Lord, I mean, I, 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 we've got to talk to these people tomorrow, and, and what is it going to be about? And so I just started thinking about Mary, and I started thinking about at least three of her boys and how they were obviously turned out great. And so I start reading from James and Jude and from, and from the writings of Jesus himself from the, you know, from the Gospels. And as I'm reading these, I'm like, man, these guys have a lot in common. What's the common denominator? Well, obviously they served the Lord, but they also had the same mom. And so I'm like, there's gonna be some of of Mary's upbringing, some of Mary's parenting has to come and play when they all hit on a lot of the same lines. And so. For the sake of time today, I'm going to talk about three things, but we could go through a whole lot of things. James wrote a book of the Bible, Jude wrote a book of the Bible, and Jesus is the Savior of the whole world, and Jesus himself is the Bible, because John 1 says that Jesus is the Word. And so, what I'm going to look at today is some things, some lessons from Mary's boys, and I believe these are things that all of us can uh, really take to heart. And you may think like, well, this is, you know, that's not a very deep sermon. Check it out. I want you to get a hold of some of these things today because they are life changers. Amen. And so we love dads, but today we're going to really be talking about moms. And I, I heard this other story real quick as we get into the word here. A little girl asked her mom, mom, how did the human race appear? Where where did we come from? Well, mom answered, well, God made Adam and Eve, and they had children, and, well, we all come from there. And, and so the girl's like, okay. Well, a couple of days later, she asked her dad the same question, and, and the dad, he answers, well, many years ago, there were monkeys from which the human race evolved. And, and so the confused girl, she goes back to her mom and says, Mom, how is it possible that you told me the human race was created by God, and Dad said that we came from monkeys? Well, the mom answered, Darling, it's very simple. I told you about my side of the family, and dad told you about his side of the family. (laughs) All right, no more jokes today. We got to get serious here. All right, we got to get into this. I mean, I've done too much already. All right, so praise God. Let's get into some lessons from Mary's boys here. And this is the word of God, and it'll change you if you'll receive it today. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much. your word and god that it is alive it's powerful it's sharper than any two-edged sword it divides between soul and spirit between joint and marrow and it exposes the innermost thoughts of our hearts and so god i pray that as we receive your word today that it is going to do a work inside of us lord not just for the moms but for every person listening to your word today i thank you jesus You're going to change us so we can be more like you. We love you, we praise you in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? Amen. All right, and so some lessons from Mary's boys. Number one is this number one, you got to treat people right. You're like, Well, that's not very deep. Yeah, then why don't you do it? There's some jerks, man, in this world, (laughs) there's some mean people, and everyone's like, Yeah, well, you got to treat us. No, listen. I'm not trying to get deep. I'm just trying to get real right now. You need to treat people right. I mean, well, this, is, this could be a game changer right here. If we could just get this simple elementary truth. And so I'm going to look at what Jesus had to say. Then I'm going to look at what James had to say. Then I'm going to show you what Jude had to say. All right. So number one, let's go here uh, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, alright, and I gotta, I'm, I'm looking at all three of the boys today, so we gotta. We got to cover some ground in these verses, but praise God. Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look here at verse 12, and this is what is referred to often as the golden rule, the golden rule. Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to look here at verse 12, alright, and so this is the words of Jesus himself. He said, Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. And I mean, we've heard that a lot of times, but think about that. What if you treated other people the way that you would like to be treated? What if when you were getting ready to do something to someone else, you stopped and thought, wait, I wouldn't like it if somebody did that to me. What if we could just do that simple little teaching from Jesus And we're always like, man, I want to study the deeper things. Well, this is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. What if we could just get this? This sums it all up right here that if we would do to others what we would want them to do to us, then this would change our lives and it would change your family. What if you taught your kids this? What if you taught your household this? That, hey, you don't like that when your brother does it to you. Don't do it to him. Hey, I don't like it when my wife does this to me. Maybe I shouldn't do this to her. It's a simple thing, yet it's one of the deepest and most life-changing things that Jesus ever said. Now I'm going to keep going here. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. And so I'm going to try to stick a lot in the book of Matthew for what Jesus is saying here. But Matthew 22 verses 36 through 39 and so jesus knew to treat other people right obviously because hey god the father (laughs) right there but i'll bet that mary had some influence on jesus life as well matthew 22 and we're going to look here at verse 36 somebody said to jesus teacher what is the most important commandment in the law of moses and so they're probably thinking some big deep answer and jesus replied You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, but check it out. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Somebody say that with me today. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, I get it, man. This is not the deepest thing, but we have got to get a hold of this. Treat other people right. You have identified yourself as being a member of the family of God, a member of the Christian community. And whenever we go out there and we're a jerk to the waitress because it took too long, or man, I told you no olives. How many times? Come on, stop that. That's nonsense. I mean, seriously. Or man, you know, you're in line at the store and someone cuts you. Get over it. You've identified yourself as a Christian. Identified yourself as a member of High Desert Word Center. Do not embarrass the rest of us. We're out here working hard to change Barstow. But love your neighbor as yourself. It's not deep, but it would change your entire life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. I told you I'm going a little bit fast because I got to look at what all three of the boys had to say today. The boys! Matthew chapter 5. How many moms of boys do we have in here today? You got any boys? Wow. Now, I mean, I've you know, in my limited parenting expertise, I've noticed that boys can do some pretty crazy things sometimes, right? I mean, the girls will play with your emotions and stuff, but the boys, they just they do some nutty things. I don't want to embarrass my kids because they're in here, but that's part of being a preacher's kid. So, uh, one of my kids has a big cheese head from the Green Bay Packers, and uh, and I, one day I'm just walking by the bedroom, and one boy's got a cheese head on. The other kid's got a baseball bat in his hand. The kid with the cheese head on says, hey, hit me. I want to see if I can feel it. I'm like, no, no, stop, 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 no. He was going to voluntarily take a ball bat to the head just to see if he could feel it. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, we're going to make it through this. Uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 7. This is the most famous sermon ever preached in the history of the world. This is from the Sermon on the Mount. And I mean, if I could have been there for any sermon in history, there's a lot that I would have liked to have heard. But Matthew 5 talks about the Sermon on the Mountain. If I could have been there for this sermon, oh my goodness, I would have wanted to hear this one in person. But Jesus said in the Beatitudes, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Do you like it when maybe you've screwed up, yet you receive mercy? I mean, I've screwed up. I've done dumb things. I've received mercy from God, mercy from my family, mercy from my church. I have received mercy, and blessed are you when you show mercy, because then you'll obtain mercy when you need it. And believe me, we all need mercy sometimes. And so one thing about Mary's boys is this, is that... They were tough, and they were straight shooters. I mean, Jesus was full of mercy and love, but he could get real tough when he needed to. And if you read the other boys' books, you'll see that, uh, yeah, they they were really tough with their words sometimes. But they were extremely merciful. All three of these guys that I'm going to show you today, they were mercy. They weren't weren't looking to be with the in crowd, And, uh, and they were always reaching to the down and out. Now, Jesus, I mean, he had a reputation already. He went into a town, and they're like, oh, there's that guy. I I heard about him. Jesus did have some clout, all right? Whether you liked him or didn't like him, he was a known man. Jesus could have hung out with the wealthy and the celebrities of the day and and, and the, the people that had all the influence, and praise God, he reached a lot of them, but you found him down there in the bad part of town picking up the leper and saying, I'm not afraid of this. Come here, be healed, laying hands directly on them. You found him out there uh, in in, uh, John chapter eight, when this woman was caught in the act of adultery, right? And he says, hey, where's your accusers? Let him without sin throw the first stone. Jesus was there picking up the down and the out. Now, make no mistake about it. Jesus loves everybody because in today's day and age, they're trying to pit us against each other on every possible front. If you're poor, you got to hate rich people because there's no way they deserve to have that. And if you're rich, uh, they're poor because it's their own fault and no, they're, they're just losing Listen, Jesus wasn't like that either way. Jesus came for the rich man. Jesus came for the poor man. Jesus treated everybody the same. That's a mind-blowing concept, isn't it? What if we did that? And so Jesus, right here, he says, Blessed are the merciful. And you'll see in a minute that his brothers were big on the mercy aspect of things too. If you had made a big screw up, they believed that you deserved another chance as long as you were sorry about it and you were going to change things. And I love that. Let's look at James chapter two, real quick. James chapter two, all right? We're going to be going between Matthew and James and Jude, and it's going to be great. Uh Matthew, or excuse me, James chapter two. Are you glad you came today? James chapter 2. Now we're going to look at a few things here. James chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. And here's uh, uh, James kind of talking about uh, treating everybody the same, all right? And so check this out. James chapter 2. We're going to look here at verses 1 through 4. And, and I love this. He says, My dear brothers and sisters, how can you claim to have faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ if you favor some people over others? For example, suppose someone comes into your meeting or church service dressed in fancy clothing and expensive jewelry, and another comes in who is poor and dressed in dirty clothes. If you give special attention and a good seat to the rich person, but you say to the poor one, yeah, you can stand over there, or "Well, you can sit on the floor, well, doesn't this discrimination show that your motives are guided by evil motives? Wow. I mean, that's just, that's the truth right there. James is like, if they're rich, or they're poor, if they're clean or they're dirty, you treat them the same way. And we all say, yeah, I know that. Yeah, everyone knows that. We know it, but do we do it? I'll let you think about that. Look at verses 8 and 9, because he takes it a a little bit more here. He says, yes, indeed, it, it is good when you obey the royal laws found in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself, but if you favor some people over others, you're committing a sin. You are guilty of breaking the law. I'm like, thank you. All right. Hey, he's talking his brother is the one that made this royal law right there. The law of love your neighbor as yourself. But but James says, hey, I know y'all appreciate that, but until you actually do it, you're guilty of breaking this new law covenant law now I want to see what the youngest boy here had to say Jude let's see what Jude has to say Jude is the second to last book in the Bible it is only one chapter long but it is power packed has anyone here read the whole book of Jude I encourage you to go home and do it it's going to take all of three minutes depending on your reading level maybe two Uh, but at the same time it is a wonderful book and I I noticed that all throughout uh, the looking at at these three brothers words I'm like I'll read something like, man, Jesus, was he's, he's pretty, uh, pretty hardcore right there. Then I read what James has to say, and I'm like, wow, James, calm down. Then you get to Jude, and you're like, whoa, Jude, wow, he was really tough. But look at Jude, verses 22 and 23. Let's get this, uh, because Jude said some really, uh, really hardcore stuff. But right here, he says this, and you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy still to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. And so Jude is like, hey, show mercy. And if you read his whole book, you're like, well, that, you know, that kind of strikes a different note than a lot of what he was saying in the earlier verses. But it goes right in line with what Jesus and James were saying treat other people right, even if they don't deserve it, and show mercy, because someday you're going to need mercy, and I'll bet you've already needed it, and the Lord gave it to you. So blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy, they will be shown mercy. Number two, let's look at number two, we're talking about lessons from Mary's boys, alright? Number one, you got to treat other people the right way. Number two, watch your mouth. Oh, come on. Yeah. All three of the boys, (laughs) they were hard on this, especially Jesus and James. Oh, man, James was all about this. And I got to know that Mary probably really drilled this into him. But, uh, you know, we we read um, in, in John, especially how some of Jesus' siblings, they mocked him. They picked on him. Uh, John chapter 7, his brothers are like, hey, Jesus, you want to be famous, right? There's a big festival going on down there for the Festival of Shelters. Go out there and do some miracles, man. you, You can't stay famous hanging around here. Go out there to the crowds, Jesus, if you really are all that you say you are. They were mocking him. And it says his own brothers didn't even believe in him. But Jesus just knew how to shake that off. He's like, you know, whatever. You expect it out there from the haters. You don't expect it from your own family. But I'll bet sometimes you've seen that, hey, your own family's the haters sometimes, right? And so Jesus dealt with this. But let's look here at uh, Matthew chapter 5. And so, uh, you know, uh, I can just imagine Mary getting on to some of the brothers like, man, leave Jesus alone. And he's the big brother. He, you know, he can stand up for himself, but leave him alone. okay? leave him alone. And she probably got on to them. But Jesus and James especially had a lot to say about guarding the words that come out of our mouth. And this is key to your spiritual maturity. If you want to get mature, you know, a lot of people are like, man, maybe I should just get real deep in this area. If I could, you know, study the Old Testament tabernacles, you know, someone said that to me. I'm like, that's neat, but I I don't know what it's going to do for me right now. But check it out. If you want to get spiritually mature, learn how to control your mouth. That's what I look for if I'm like, hey, you know, if I want to find a mature Christian, I look for someone that knows how to shut their mouth when it needs shut and knows how to say the right words when they need said, but your mouth, people, will get you in more trouble than nearly anything else in this world. I feel like I'm speaking to my children right now. All right, anyway, all right. So uh, we've had this conversation, just so you know, me and the kids. Matthew chapter 5, let's look at verses 21 through 22, all right? So I'm going to go fast here. Matthew chapter 5, verses 21 through 22, and here we have Jesus yet again Uh, laying it out there but check this out Matthew 5 verses 21 through 22 he says you have heard that our ancestors were told you must not murder if you commit murder you are subject to judgment but I say if you are even angry with someone you are subject to judgment if you call someone an idiot you are in danger of being brought before the court and if you curse somebody you are in danger of the fires of hell. Woo! <laughs> Boy! Whoa! Come on! I mean, sometimes they are like, man, I'm glad I don't live under the old covenant. It was real harsh back then. Well, pump the brakes on that thought for just a minute. Because at least under the old covenant, I wasn't in trouble until I hit you or I killed you. Then I was in danger of judgment. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. In the new covenant... My new way of doing things is this: If you're even angry with them, if you call someone an idiot, you're in danger. I don't want to show of hands today, but I'll bet some of us have called somebody an idiot at least once or twice, right? I don't don't raise your hands. I mean, we pretty much know who you are anyway. But I'm just saying, let's just uh, you know let's, uh, think about this. He said, if you curse somebody, you are in danger of the fires of hell. I'm like, my. Gosh, that gives us a little something to consider right there and think about. Look at chapter 12. Man, I bet you're really glad you came this morning. You wanted to hear about a good, uh, <laughs> a good uh, inspiring word, the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. She rises early and calls her husband blessed. Oh. Uh, that, that's good. I shouldn't make fun of that. That's a good, solid, solid word. Solid word. Amen, Leah. Solid stuff. That's good feed right there. But uh, we're talking about Mary's voice. All right. So Matthew chapter 12, verses 36 through 37. And here's what, what Mary's oldest son, Jesus, had to say. And so, oh, man, he says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. And so we will give an account on Judgment Day for every word spoken, but he's talking here about every idle word. So those words we think, uh, nah, that means nothing. That's just a useless word. I was just saying stuff. Yeah, I called her that, but, you know, it's just, well, you know, whatever. It means nothing. Hey, well, pump the brakes once again because we will give an account for all of these words on Judgment Day. I can just imagine us standing in front of a, 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 a big screen with Jesus and him like, hey, I'd like to replay a moment from 2022. If you, you know, and So he plays back a moment when we blow up at someone and said a bunch of stuff. He's like, can you explain this one to me real quick? What in the world are we going to say? Well, I, I don't I, you know. She, but, but you should have heard what she said to me. Well, well we're, we're talking about you right now, he's going to say. And this is something for us to consider that our words are more than just Words. Our words are powerful, they carry weight, and we will give an account to God for the words that we speak. Jesus himself said it. Let's look at James here, James chapter 3. Let's see what James had to say, because we think that Jesus was a little hardcore here. Let's look at what James had to say. James chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 10. James chapter 3, verses 6 through 10 and uh man james just hits it even harder than what jesus did james chapter 3 verses 6 through 10 and so here's what he has to say and, and i'm cutting through the story here because there was a lot more he said than this but verse 6 and the tongue is a flame of fire it is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body it can set your whole life on fire for it is set on fire by hell itself wow you know, we have inspiring verses that we put on our refrigerator or on our bumper sticker, right? For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, Jeremiah 29, 11. We love it. Uh, we love, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. What if we put that on your refrigerator? Your tongue can set your whole life on fire. Woo. I mean, you know, why? Because it's set on fire by hell itself. Uh, James, come on. Well, check it out. Let's look at verse 7. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Blessing and cursing come pouring out of the exact same mouth. My brothers and sisters, this is not right. And so James hit on something there. The same mouth that sat in church today and sang his praises, Lord, I love you, you are so beautiful, you're you're worthy of it all, you're worthy of it all. Some of these mouths are going to walk out the door today, they were just singing God's praises, they're getting ready to curse somebody made in the image of God. You little punk, how could you? I mean, it's something for us to consider and think about. And so James says, man, that ain't right, this should not be Be so. And so if we're talking about some lessons from these guys right here, we need to watch our words. Words are powerful, and they are not just some empty thing we throw out there. And the third thing I'm going to say today is this. The third lesson from Mary's boys is number three. Stay away from the wrong crowd. How many of us maybe wish that we had heard that lesson a little bit earlier on in life? Right? I mean, there's some massive things that i see that go into somebody's success right we've been doing this pastoring thing for a while and i can you know i can tell if you'll take god's word seriously take god's house seriously that's step number one but if you will surround yourself with the right people man i see people make it every single time when they surround themselves with the right people And so we're already in James. Let's look at chapter 4, verse 4. And so, uh, I mean, again, these guys, uh, they had a lot to say about this. But James 4, verse 4. And, you know, we think of Jesus being tender and sweet. And he was. But his brother right here is just, I mean, he's going to, he's swinging for the fences now. The gloves are off. He says, you adulterers. (laughs) Don't you realize That friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again. If you want to be a friend of the world, you're going to make yourself an enemy of God. Now, that's a big statement. Does that mean that we as Christians, you can't have any friends that aren't Christians? No, because we know that Jesus hung out with sinners, but he didn't do it to join them in their sin. He did it to rescue them from their sin. And I see so many people, you know, they're like, well, Jesus hung out with sinners, so I'm going to go down there and smoke this and drink that and and fight this because, well, Jesus hung out with sinners. Yeah, but he didn't drink their stuff. He didn't smoke their stuff. He didn't say the words they were saying. He was there to show them how to get delivered from those things. So if you read the, the context of James chapter four, he's not just talking about friendship with an individual people, but society as And so if you're looking to be cozy and accepted by the wicked society that we live in, you will find yourself being an enemy with God because they stand for everything that he's against, and they're against everything that he stands for. And I didn't expect any amens on that point, so it's okay. But what I am saying is this, is that if you're more interested in being popular and accepted and received in this world you're probably going to have to do some things to get there that are not in line with the Word of God. Because this society as a whole, every time we say, man, this is a good thing, uh, the Word of God says that this is good, they're like, no, it's not, that's bad. Oh, whoa, but it says it right here. No, that's old-fashioned, that's wrong, that's bad. If you want to be popular and well-received in this world... Listen, you're going to probably have to do some things uh, that are not in line with God's word. But if you want to be popular in heaven, if you want to be on that list, then, hey, you're probably not going to be liked by everybody in this world because you're not going to stand for everything that they stand for. And James said, hey, go ahead. But don't you realize that friendship with this world, with this society, with all these people, it'll make you an enemy of God alright so let's look at what Jude had to say Jude Jude verses 12 through 13 now Jude is more specifically mainly his book is talking about uh, people that claim to be Christians but don't live it people that claim to be Christians and in fact he talks about people specifically that say the marvelous grace of God means that you can just go out and do any old thing you want to do well James is really addressing a lot of that excuse me Jude is but look at verses 12 through 13 he says, "When these people eat with you in your fellowship meals, commemorating the Lord's love, they are like dangerous reefs that can shipwreck you. Whoa, man! You better hang out with the right crowd. They are like shameless shepherds who care only for themselves. They are like clouds blowing over the land without giving any rain. Man, I, you know, I'm not trying to be funny, but I've seen that so much since I've lived in the desert. You'll see clouds coming over. You're like, oh, good." Finally, some rain. Finally, this is going to be good, but the clouds are full of empty promises, and they don't deliver anything at all. And there's a whole lot of people they come in looking real good, like, oh good, but they are full of it, and they don't deliver anything at all. And James is, or Jude's like, man, stay away from these people. They're like trees in autumn that are doubly dead for they bear no fruit and have been pulled up by the roots. They're like wild waves of the sea, churning up the foam of their shameful deeds. They're like wandering stars doomed forever to blackest darkness. I'm like, wow, I thought Jesus was hard. I thought James was hard. But then Jude just took it to a whole other level. He's like, man, get away from people like that. They will shipwreck your entire life. And so I'm going to say that there's enough temptation to do wrong in this world. There's enough temptation out there without needing any help from people that say that they're children of God, Amen. right? And it's hard enough, but then when you get around people that are supposed to be children of God, uh, and they're the ones that are tempting you and causing you to stumble, those people are headed uh, to answering to God for that, right? And, and so I'm not gonna, for the sake of time, I'm just going to put this on the screen, but I want to show you what Jesus said in Luke chapter 17. One day Jesus said to his disciples. There will always be temptations to sin, right? I mean, that's not gone anywhere. But what sorrow awaits the person who does the tempting. It would be better to be thrown into the sea with a millstone hung around your neck than to cause one of these little ones to fall into sin. So watch yourselves. If another believer sins, rebuke the person. Then if there is repentance, forgive them. I mean, that's a whole sermon there, but we can't do all that. But and uh and and matthew jesus says the same thing specifically in reference to children in the context of luke's writing it seems like he's talking about people that are new believers and young christians he's like if you cause them to stumble you would be better off to have a giant two thousand pound rock tied around your neck and thrown out into the ocean than to answer to me for that i'm like okay that's all I needed to hear. I don't, you don't need to threaten me or warn me with anything else. I'm good. That, I'm fine with that. I don't want to be tempting or causing somebody else to stumble. And so I'll bet Mary told her boys, you stay away from those guys. You stay away from this crowd over here. It's no good. And I want to teach my kids that, right? You know what? We love them. We bless them. But they're going to lead you places that you don't need to go. And I want to close out with one final story that's really always touched my heart a lot. And uh, this is a story of Jesus and his mom in Jesus' greatest moment of need. And, and, and I want you to turn here with me today to John chapter 19, if we could. John chapter 19. And, uh, and you know, we've, we've joked, we've laughed, we've had a good time today. But, you know, Mary had seen this little baby all the way from before she was born, the angel appears and all this stuff. She did her best to raise him all these years. Jesus lived about 33 years on this earth before he was killed. And and she saw her boy growing up to change the world. She heard the words of praise from those who loved him. And she heard the insults and the threats from the people that hated his guts. She heard it all and she was there for it. Now, at the cross, we know that jesus was really left alone in a lot of ways uh and, and we see that uh, you know when, when the soldiers came to the garden it says the disciples they split like bowling pins they were just they left him peter all the guys they left him uh, some betrayed him some denied him and it was just i mean it was a terrible thing and these are the same guys that jesus was there every time they stubbed their toe he was there to help them through it and here he is with his life on the line, and they split and leave him. But one interesting part of the story that we don't always talk about is this, is that his mom was there the whole time. His mom didn't leave him. I'm like, man, there is a lot of power in mom's love. (laughs) You know, the way it should, I mean, I know we've all got different stories, and I, I know some of you have told me some things, you know, that maybe your mom wasn't there. But the way it should be, as even if no one else is there, you've got God, you should have your parents, right? Dad's our day's coming, but we're talking about mom today. Mom should be there even when nobody else is. And so this has always just kind of touched my heart, and it ne- nearly brought me to tears, but I, uh, I try to not cry often. John chapter 19, verse 25. Here we are, standing near the cross where Jesus' mother and his mother, so he's got his aunt there even, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. And moms, can you imagine? I mean, you know, your your son, your little boy, you raised him, you changed those diapers, you fed him, you woke up at night, you when he fell down, you picked him up. When he had a rough day, you were there for him. This is your little boy, and now here he is, hung up on a cross, beaten to a pulp, people laughing, people throwing things, people mocking, people just absolutely you deserve this. You're a scoundrel, you're a punk. You're a loser, laughing, throwing things. And here's mom right there watching her little boy die for the sins of those very people that are mocking him and throwing things and calling names. And his mom's right there at the foot of that cross crying. Mom didn't leave him. Peter did. (laughs) The rest of the guys did. But mom was still there. When Jesus saw his mom standing there beside the disciple he loved, that's talking about John. John referred to himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. He said to her, dear woman, here is your son. And he said to this disciple, John, here's your mother, John. And from then on, this disciple, John, took her into his home. Now, this has always got to me uh, because... Jesus was the oldest son, and we know that he had the weight of the world on his shoulders, but he still cared about his mom. And the oldest son was responsible for making sure that mom was taken care of when he died. Where in the world is Joseph? The scripture doesn't make any mention of Joseph after Jesus was 12 years old. And so to the best of my study and what other scholars have said, you know, Joseph probably died when Jesus was a teenager or a young man. We don't know. It doesn't straight up tell us. But we know this much. He was a good man, and he surely didn't abandon the family or anything like that, I don't believe. Uh, so the chances are he probably died somewhere along the way, and it was left up to the oldest son to make sure that mom was taken care of. Here's Jesus moments away from death, and he doesn't shrug off his responsibilities to his mom. He says, listen. John, I need you to take care of my mom. Mom, here's your new son. You're going to stay with John now. And, and, and it says that Mary ended up staying with this disciple. He took her to his home. And I'm like, my gosh, what a, you know, what a beautiful story, even in the midst of it all. What a beautiful moment that Jesus, hey, he's the son of God. He's also the son of Mary. And through it all, Mary did a really good job. She raised three world-changing boys. She didn't have the easiest job in the world. But I'm telling you today, moms, if Mary could do it, you can do it. Amen? Amen? Come on, mom. You can do this. We've got your back. We're a family church. We're doing everything we can to give you every resource that you can to be a good mom and a good dad and a good parent. And to the kids and the husbands... Let's not make it any harder on her than it already is, right? Moms, let's hear it. I mean, come on. Can we get an amen on that? We don't got to make it any harder on mom than it already is. Mom, we love you. You're probably doing a better job than you think you are. Don't quit. And those kids, if you keep them in church, you keep them doing it God's way, they're going to end up just fine. They're going to end up doing a really good job. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together today. Praise God. That's about all I've got to say right now. But I just want you to know, man, that, that if Mary could do it, we can do it. And Jesus is pulling for you. We're pulling for you. You're going to make it. Amen. All right. Can I have my prayer team come up this morning? Hallelujah. We have just had a, a power-packed, jam-packed service today. Praise the Lord. But we're going to go ahead and uh, and give you a minute here. If you're here and you need prayer for anything, we want to pray for you. But the biggest thing is this. If you're here and you are not in the right relationship with God, we got to take care of that, man. Don't don't risk it. That's too big of a risk for me to, to know that if something happened today that I don't know if I go to heaven. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. Maybe isn't good enough. You can know for certain today that if anything happened or if Jesus came back today, you could know exactly where you're going. But we've got to receive him, and we've got to make that relationship right. So we're going to give you that chance today. If you need prayer for that and you want to make things right with God, man, come up here. We're just going to celebrate. We're going to pray with you. But if you need prayer for anything else, for healing, for your marriage, for your kids, for your money, we want to pray for you today. Amen. So let's go ahead and worship God for just a minute here. If you need prayer, come on up.
1: Nothing can tear me away. From Your love, Lord, nothing can separate Your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me away from Your love, Lord. I am Yours. I am Yours. Nothing tear me away from your love, Lord. Nothing can separate your heart from mine. Nothing can tear me Jesus, I love you. And yes, I love you because you first love me. And I I love you, yes, I love you because you first love. t Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Yes, I love you. Because you first loved me.
0: Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Well, who was blessed today? Amen. Did we receive the word of God? Hallelujah. Well, Mom, we love you. We want you to keep up the good work, and you're going to raise some awesome, awesome kids. Grandmas, the same thing, and praise the Lord. God is good. Men, let's take care of the ladies today, all right? Let's go home, and and we'll do our part in the name of Jesus to make it a good day. Moms, are you okay with that? Can we help you out today? All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out by speaking some words of faith over Barstow today. We do want to remind you that there is no service tonight. And so you just stay home and have a good time and and be blessed together. We'll be here Wednesday night at seven o'clock. And then, of course, next Sunday, we're going to be honoring our graduates. Amen. Let's Pray, and then we'll close out with the Barstow Faith Confession. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, once again for all the wonderful moms that are here today. And, Lord, all that you've blessed us with, help us today to bless them and make it an easier day. Help it to be a good day for them in every way possible, Lord. And we thank you, Jesus, that the best is yet to come, Lord. They're going to have the best years of their life so far, God, and we're going to do everything we can to make it that way. Thank you for it, Father, in Jesus' name. Can we all say amen? All right. Let's say it together today. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll see you later.